0: We're so very happy that you're here. Uh, We've been looking forward to this event for quite some time. We're also thrilled that this is uh, Rebecca Searle's um, first launch in Los Angeles, so very happy about that. Congratulations, Rebecca. Um, Yes, applaud for that. That's a big deal, you know what I'm saying? Big deal, it's a big deal. Rebecca Searle is an author and television writer who splits her time between New York and Los Angeles. She most recently co developed the hit TV adaptation of her young adult series, Famous in Love, now on freeform. Gabrielle Zevin has published eight adult and young adult novels, including Elsewhere, an American Library Association notable children's book, which has been translated into more than 20 languages. She is the screenwriter of Conversations with Other Women, starring Helena Bonner Carter and Erin Eckert for which she received an Independent Spirit Award nomination. She has also written for the New York Book Review, NPR's All Things Considered. She lives in Los Angeles. So please welcome Gabrielle and Rebecca.
1: I'm going to make this happen. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. All the way can around do here a right little going.
2: rejiggering. I
1: feel like we're in NPR, like check check. <laughs> um, okay. So, this is the first event we've ever done together. Maybe that the is last? True. No. No, we, well, I don't know. I okay. definitely We'll I, see how this goes. So, in preparation for this event, I googled Rebecca and I learned a lot of like things about you. I, w- I will say also, you,
2: you are amazing, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Gabriela is one of our greatest living novelists. Aww. She's phenomenal. You are so incredibly talented. I know many people here are fans of hers. Um, and I know also like, you don't like that many people, and so I always feel honored when you all <laughs> hang out with me.
1: Well, I was telling you that I had a really specific reason I liked you. So I met Rebecca about six years ago, right before her right after, I think your first young adult book had come out. Yeah, Um,
2: maybe I had sold it, and it was no. uh, It was about to come out.
1: I think. I think it was just about. Okay, it was like anyway. So the reason I liked her was because she was wearing a winter coat. Um, that she wore a belt over. And so when she sat down, she had to unbelt her coat, the belt sat there, and then she had to take off her coat, which is so something I would do, because sometimes a coat needs an external it's belt. Sometimes it needs
2: a belt. Right. <laughs> I did not know that. That's fascinating. Yeah, so fascinating. that definitely
1: predisposed me to liking you immediately. That was a good wardrobe choice, and here we are. Right, and here we are. And here we are. Do you still have this coat? It's like a white coat. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I do. And do you always wear it with the belt? I do. I feel like it needs I do. the belt. Yes. Um, so, uh, Right. I'm going to ask questions. Okay, great. Or we're going to go freeform. We're going to yeah, we might go freeform. That has a different meaning for We like to talk. We
2: did actually spend like two and a half hours on the phone yesterday. We hadn't spoken in a while, and I was like, we should have done this on Wednesday because maybe we've worked our way through everything we want to talk about here.
1: Right, but actually, we talked about all the things that we were like, we probably shouldn't talk about these That's things true. in front of people. That's true. You know, That's so those true. were. We so got now those we're going to talk about the good for public conversation. Yes, welcome to that. So, when I was Googling you, I noticed many places were referring to The Dinner List as your debut novel. Y- yes, it is not.
2: So, what's up with that? Um, I have four other novels. They're young, This is my first adult novel. Right. And I think, like, we've spoken about this, but it's, there's a little bit of a weird thing when you tell people this is your first adult novel, because people who are not familiar with publishing think that that means something different than it does. Um, <laughs> So it sounds kind of like, in case it's lost on anyone, like it just sounds kind of porny. Um,
1: So and nobody has to use that phrase unless they've written this. Unless they've written, they've done the dirty thing of writing for children or for teenagers. Then you have to like say adult novel, which is
2: super. It's super weird. It is weird. It's a weird thing. But um, yes, this is my first. Adult novel.
1: Uh, and I, fa- I had the same experience because although I've been writing, my first novel was for adults and then my second novel was for young adults and I've been going back and forth, what I found was that, like, I felt like I was debuting for like a decade. Yeah. Because they will try to call everything a debut if they at all can because yes. there are so many more ways you can market around, like, around a debut. Around the debut. Yeah.
2: Yes.
1: Nobody likes. Second novels. But I will say they
2: did try to put
1: that in the jacket of the book and I had them take it off. Because, because it's, it's ridiculous. Not it's not true. It's not true. And I think if you look at um, your other books, which I was thinking about and looking at, um, what you see is that, you know, there wouldn't be a dinner list if there weren't the books that came before. Yes. You know. Yes.
2: It feels like a weird, like even um, I did a launch last week in New York, and the woman who runs events at the bookstore, who I adore, I've done all of my New York City launches there, but she asked me, she was like, do you want me to put out your YA or not? She's like, some authors who transition get like finicky about that. And I was like, of course, I wrote those books. Like, I stand by those books. I wrote them. Right. But you're right. There is this, like, weird thing of, like, we're just not supposed to talk about that anymore. That was, like, practice. And now we're, like, doing the real thing.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's very strange. very strange. It's I think strange. it speaks to how we see, uh, like, I guess a condescending way that we look at sort of, like, children's work, women's yes. work, all these kinds of things, yeah. you all know. Yeah, all of those things. Um, so we're Getting very close to feminism here. We're Can't not going to get there. <laughs> We may get there. We may get there. We may get, we there. May get there. Everything is there, but we're not right. there yet. Um, so I, I hate this question, but I feel like I feel like I want to. Set By this all up. means, then. So yeah. I'm going to start with this. Okay. But I want to know where the idea for the dinner list came from. And I know, like that, there's like the short, quippy response that is the one. You know, J.K. Rowling, like discover. You know, wrote all of Harry Potter on that train trip. You know, yeah, and then there's like Looking the ugly actual way the sausage is made. Ideas, so you can go with awesome either with the either version of okay. that. Uh, the, uh, like I know that version two, like would take like the whole time yes. that we're here, basically. Yeah, because ideas are more like cancers than they are like, you know, lightning it's bolts. So dark, you but know. So true. Yeah.
2: um yeah, <laughs> yeah. That got really dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I had the idea for the dinner list like five years ago, and I don't—I don't actually remember where it came from because it was a while ago. But I remember that I wrote the first hundred pages very quickly, and they felt really good and solid. And then this was five years ago. This was five years ago. Right. Yeah, this was five years ago. And then um, my television show, *Famous in Love*, like began to come together, Hmm. and like we sold it, and then the pilot got picked up, and then we got picked up to series, and. All of a sudden it was like three years later, and I had just like been tele and kind of gone on this like very odd ride and um, and I came back to my computer and literally just like discovered the pages on my computer, sent them to my agent and oh in the, in, the, in between that, I had written a novel that just was not working. Like, I kept really trying to make it work, and mm-hmm. I kept sending her revisions, and she was like, this is still really bad. Um, it's, it's fine. It, it was true. It was true. And that's my agent. Will you ever go back to this? I keep threatening her that I'll do it, but I um I just it was it was a it, the book is a character study, it's not actually a novel. And I think sometimes we write those books. Yeah, I we do write yeah. those
1: books. And I feel like what happens is sometimes you write like a whole idea just to get a tiny piece of something yes. for something else. You and know? I think
2: that's probably what this book was. I think it was a tiny piece for the journalist.
1: Right. It was just a seed. Yes. You know. But so never... then
2: she liked it and then I wrote the rest pretty quickly in like maybe three or four months. I was also sort of desperate for something that was like creatively, that I could own and that was kind of creatively mine. And
1: it came together really fast. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I look at it, it's structurally so much more complicated than your previous books.
2: Yes. But only because that came organically. So the book is... um, The book is about a woman who shows up to her 30th birthday dinner, and it's that dinner. If you could have dinner with any
1: five people, living or dead, who would they be? Um, I pitched it to my Lyft driver, and she was like, I'm going to read that. Great. Yeah. (laughs) I think it pitches super well. We have a sale. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, And the chapters go back and forth between times of this unfolding dinner and the love story between her and one of her dinner companions, who is her ex-boyfriend. So... The Yes, it is. The structure of it is complicated, but it came together really organically. I think if it hadn't, I'm not sure I would have been able to write it. Yeah. Editing it was impossible because there was nowhere to go. The sections for dinner have to speak to the chapters of her relationship. And I just couldn't move anything. Like, everything was so tight. There
1: was no – there was – there was just no, nothing to pull apart. Right, and it's funny, because you're such an easy writer, by which I mean you're easy to read. Thank it doesn't you. go down in a hard way. Um, you don't notice necessarily. The layman, I'm going to say the layman, the layman yes. doesn't notice that it is actually quite complicated yes. time-wise, that we're actually in these two different periods that are proceeding at a different pace, this real-time right. time, and then this like this. history of a relationship time, and it's it's really cool.
2: Thank you. That's such a nice compliment.
1: Good. To I'm gonna. I have some for you. We'll just do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we'll just do this. No, but it 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 yes,
2: because what the, they're sort of they they kind of move through um, different themes over the course of dinner, and what they're talking about has to relate to what she's experiencing in the actual like narrative story of what's going on in her past and her relationship. Yeah. So. That was a little bit tricky. It it's
1: it's super cool. Thank you. So, do you think that writing for adults freed you up to try to like play with things structurally, or do you think it was the concept itself? Um, I think a little bit
2: of both. Like, mm. I think I think when I I have we both do we we have more of sort of like a clipped way of writing. Mm. Um, I think neither one of us are a fan <laughs> of like very verbose. Uh, Although
1: it's so funny because a couple of months ago you were like, you know, neither of us are sensualists, and I was like, oh, said, I remember what you I know what you're talking about. She says things like that to me, and I was like, you know what? I want to write my next book to be more sensual, <laughs> like, you know be more sensual. <laughs> in terms of writing. Yeah, it was in terms of writing. Yes, it was in terms, yeah, so of, was writing. In terms of writing.
2: <laughs> to clarify, I want,
1: but I was thinking maybe this is something I should improve. You know, I would like to be yeah, more of a sensualist. But also, but yes, we are kind of in our yes. heads. Just yes. over in life, too. And I also, but, it, like,
2: I will sometimes write a section. That is true. That is definitely <laughs> true. I will sometimes write a section like that, but I'm like, what is this really, what is it doing? How yeah, is it? so that was the get, craziest
1: it, thing. When you told me the idea, I was like, Rebecca Searle is going to write a book about dinner. It just didn't seem like, like I couldn't imagine you having the patience to describe dinner. I have so many food allergies. But you have food allergies. I know. There's so much stuff you don't eat. I know. Like,
2: that was very strange to me. And there was, was, I remember before, not the editor that we sold it to, but there was another editor who really wanted, I had a meeting with her. She wanted so (laughs) much more dinner. And I was like, I just can't give that to you. I'm not capable of doing that. I just like, that is where, that is the line for me. I I just, I cannot write essentially about a bowl of pasta for a paragraph.
1: I'm not I'm never going to be able
2: to do that. Right. Yeah.
1: So can we talk about just briefly? Yes. This was not in fact, I highlighted my questions that I thought were this like the very, important very ones. Very official. Um yeah, it got super yeah. official. I had a lot I had a little extra time and a highlighter. Yeah, so so go I was organized. But I was going to say this was not a highlighted question. Okay. So I'm but I'm asking we're going it anyway. Off script. We're okay. going off. Um I was wondering like if how you came to the restaurant as described because like it has a classic New York restaurant vibe, but I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, the way I would pick a restaurant for New York if I were actually having a magical dinner is that there are so many restaurants you couldn't go to because they won't seat parties of six, Right. you know, that so there's only true. so many. But I was wondering like how you came, if you had a reference restaurant in New York.
2: I, d- I did. There's this restaurant um, called Hudson Clearwater that is, in fact like at the location where that is I think it's on like Hudson and Bleecker that I that I loved. It used to be much more hidden. It used to be that there was this like back door and you could only find it that way and now they've just opened up for front door. I think they lost a ton of business cuz nobody knew where it was. Right. Um, they wanted it to be secret but they then wanted it turned it out secret. no one knew the secret. It's really 50/50 yeah. on whether that works. Like sometimes it becomes massive because nobody can figure it out and it's like this cool hidden thing and sometimes just nobody can figure it out. Right. Um, it, so it's sort of modeled on that And I think in earlier drafts it had a fake name and we decided to take that out because I kind of like the idea that people can imagine like their favorite little sort of cloistered New York West Village spot. Yeah, I think that's
1: smart. Well, oh know. Yeah, I'm for that. It's printed, so I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> right, isn't that yes. the worst? My <laughs> least favorite question I'm ever asked is, um, what would you change about this book? Yeah. Well, uh, nothing now. Nothing now. You know? I
2: will tell you, I, I made a a really sort of giant error and decided that I was gonna record the audiobook of this book and I did it. Um and it's it's just like kind of awful the fact that it's out there. But
1: whatever. I want to ask some more about that. Though. Yeah, but
2: so. I, but but it was really it was terrible because we did it. So we had to do it. I don't remember why, but we had to do. it, No, because you have to have like a locked manuscript when you do it. And um, I caught errors, but there was nothing I could do about it. Like there were small things that I was like, oh, I wish I would change that, or like I don't like this word or whatever, and. Just, yeah, being forced to read your book out loud for seven hours when it's, like, already printed right. is a particular kind of torture.
1: I mean, I have never demand. They actually try to deter you from even offering to read your book, which I, I never know. have. It's like, did I they? I, think, I don't know.
2: But Should I have listened? But I, I, I don't know. I would say,
1: like, you know, something that I noticed, because I've heard um, with, like, Young Jingyong, which has a section that has quite a lot of Yiddish in it. Um, so if, if I, I had book. read it... Like, it would have all been pronounced properly. But yes. they picked, like, th- it's all about Jewish people, this book. And they picked, like, the most, yes, the most gory yes. woman. <laughs> I mean, I haven't listened, book. but that seems wrong. But at least, <laughs> I mean, I've read I the mean, book. I mean, at least you're like, this. I mean, you're like, you're you, you're Sabrina, well, you know, I mean, I'm saying not saying you're yes, literally that character, yes. you know,
2: they asked me if I was going to do voices. And I was like, well, f- I mean, first it doesn't all, require that. Did you gonna, do an Audrey voice? That's no. the thing. I was like, no, I, I'm not. I, that is above my pay grade. <laughs> I cannot take on Audrey Hepburn's voice that that's not happening. So I didn't. But the thing that I noticed and this didn't it should have and it didn't occur to me until I was like in the booth doing this is that the voices are a really great way of differentiating the characters. So people can tell when they're (laughs) listening. Who they are and what we're talking
1: about. Don't worry. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So anyway. Well, so I'm proud of you for doing that. For just trying it. It was a
2: new adventure. Yeah. We like trying different things sometimes.
1: Yeah. We have to try stuff. We have to try stuff. stuff. Yeah. So we keep saying we. Yeah. um, And we we do actually mean both of us. We do. We do. (laughs) Yeah. We are the royal we.
2: We are. We We refer to ourselves that way. We... How should we express it? I'm not it's sure. It's hard to explain. Yeah.
1: It's hard to explain, but we're about, like, seven years apart in age. I'm older, and um, we follow a pattern yes. where we do things yes. very consistently.
2: Gabrielle will call me sometimes and say, like, okay, so, you know, in five years,
1: we moved to Los Angeles. Right. Or in six years, we... I told your mom. That, like you're coming because I'm here, right. so it has to happen. So, yes. so we yes. know that's what there happening. is. There
2: is sort of a pattern to our to our life and career in many ways. Um
1: And when it diverges, it's disturbing to both of us. Like there are some things there that diverge. Some diverge. We don't and have like, to get into them, but there are some, right. and, and they're like I did that haircut two years ago. Because right. and it's like taking a while to get back, but you have the best but it looked, it looked better on you. You have the it. Best acts hair. So that worked out good for you. But you knew I was going to cut it. You were and like, that's she, around. She's not a dog person, so there's no, that. I like your dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he likes her. He does. Yeah, he's kind of obsessed. <laughs> he actually, he's like, no, you're going to be a dog he's person. So we've kind of gone off the map here. Yeah, off the we, rails with of the things. the big things with? I feel like with. And I don't think we careers. express the concept, but no. Does any? It's does, fine. You don't need to. It's know. fine. Yeah. But but sometimes we may break into we, yeah. and it's just strange. It's just a thing we. It's do. just a thing. Yeah. Um. So why Audrey Hepburn? Look, like, that got professional, like in a not subtle way, <laughs> right? To bring it back.
2: <laughs> um. Audrey, she was the first person on the list. I think that I think that there's something really interesting about Audrey, in that she sort of held up as being this. Like ideal of what it means to be feminine. Well, and beautiful in the book, she says
1: because I'm a 19, I was a 19 year old girl. Of yes. course, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, which is true. Which
2: is true. Yes, Serena. So we yes in the beginning, right? I mean, who didn't have like some stencil thing of the Eiffel Tower like hanging in their dorm? Right. Room? Who
1: hasn't bought like a little black dress yeah. and pearls and said hello, got right. or whatever? But yeah. she also had this
2: incredibly tragic life she had you know she just she lived through world war ii she had like a very difficult family life and i thought that that was an interesting juxtaposition between somebody who just presents as being this sort of like perfect on-screen creature and like the real torment of what her life was like to live
1: yeah and Um, i like that
2: for the book like that felt interesting for the book
1: and it's so funny because This will have a point A and a point B. I ended up feeling really sorry for her the whole dinner. I was like, oh, poor Audrey, stuck with these people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's the first
2: line of the book. She says, like,
1: Audrey Hepburn is annoyed. Yeah, she's like, why am I here? Why am I here? here? Right. I've come from the afterlife to 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 this this. dinner, which I'm glad to be in the village. But and you know, she could
2: be really dining with anyone. Right.
1: She could, or maybe not. You know, maybe this is it for Audrey. Maybe you know. But ever since that, like, whenever somebody's like. Even just thinking about the book as it launched and people were coming up with their dinner lists, yes. I was like, I don't really want to invite somebody that is going to be not happy to be there right. at this stage no, in my life. No, you know
2: who who like who's like you, I, you don't have to give me five, but who's like one person? I don't know.
1: Okay, maybe David Bowie. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. Okay, great, great. But I would want to have a balance, like Barack Obama. Yeah, you know, I, maybe they could amuse each other. Yeah, right.
2: That is another interesting thing. Is I think that she says relatively on, on in the book too. Like I always thought about all these people and how they related to me. I didn't think about how they'd get along together. Right. And sort of how right. That, so
1: that's the difference between being thirty and being like nineteen. Yes. So when you're nineteen, you're just like, how can all these people come and serve me? Yeah. When you're thirty, you're like, this is yes. a dinner party. Yeah. For <laughs> the right. dinner party, <laughs> these like Sabrina's these a little
2: up. selfish still at thirty though.
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, but is yeah. that bad? Now no. you're getting into feminism. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm veering You're going there. right Let's into bring it back. It. Yeah, bring okay. it back.
1: So t- tell me about writing a real person. Like Audrey Hepburn is a real person. Like yes. How do you do that? And how is it different than writing, like, a regular old fake person like we do all the time? I think it's, it actually, it's...
2: Like, I use the same language I use for... I just, uh, for the first time, adapted somebody else's work. I just wrote a pilot based on somebody else's book. And um, I had a very similar experience to that that I did to writing Audrey, which was that, like, in the beginning, I was obsessing over having to respectful to this property and having to like you know get like take every single box of what people loved in the book and like get it all on the page and somebody said to me like you need you you know this book like you've read it now you need to set it inside and like write the pilot you need to write and I feel like it was the same thing with Audrey. In the beginning I was like obsessed with getting her character right and ultimately this book is not her it's my it's my interpretation of who she is and what she needs to be for this novel.
1: Right. And in some level, it's not her anyway. It's just yes. this her for yeah. this girl. She's Sabrina. dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. She's dead. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. Oh, uh, She doesn't come back to life at the end. She, she does not. No. She just, dinner ends and. That's it. She goes back to uh, the. Onto the atmosphere. Back to the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you come up with who would be at dinner?
2: Because it's complicated. Yes, it is. And I think that when... It was really interesting because I did... Um, like a pre-pub tour uh, earlier in the summer where I went to 12 different cities and met with uh, different independent booksellers. It was really wonderful. and um, But a
1: lot of work for you. A lot of
2: work for me. You know, yeah. It's a lot of it's travel. It's a lot of
1: travel and it's
2: difficult. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make you complain. My agent's laughing but... again. <laughs> but there it was is. one point where I put on my Insta story like, how tired I was and she was like, maybe you want to like kick it up into something that you're like also having a good time. Because, like, people are watching this.
1: Right. That's why I don't put anything up. That's because smart. I think i like, I can only gear up for that hour where I need yes. to be on. And yes. then people and don't realize it. how tiring, like, the rest Traveling of it is. Traveling is hard. Flying every day is just kind it's of brutal. brutal. Like, the longest I've ever done a tour is maybe, like, six months total, but six weeks at, at a piece. That's never happening. Yeah. And I don't ever want to do it again.
2: <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah. Um... Where was I going with this? Oh, I don't people, know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so but it was really interesting because we had these dinners and everyone was sort of like talking about who was on their list. And one thing that kept coming up was how like personal these lists were, how people would say like my parents because they never got to meet my daughter, like they died before she was born or like my grandfather or whatever it was, it became like people that people have lost and that <laughs> was something that I realized really early into writing the book that it couldn't just be like Obama and Audrey and Barbara Streisand <laughs> like it, there's no narrative but
1: it would be, yeah. kind of be a very different kind yeah. of <laughs> book. It would be
2: very different. And that would be like let's be honest it would be like a zany short story. It would be zany. Yes. Yeah.
1: So um
2: there just was no there there wouldn't have been any emotional weight like I knew it had to be people that were relevant to her life and that she had some unfinished business with and she had something she was trying to like work through with each of them because right. otherwise you don't have anything to drive the narrative forward.
1: No. <laughs> So that was the necessity. It was, it was
2: completely out of necessity. Yeah, because I, mean, I think it's yes. a cool
1: mix that you've got there. Thank you. you know?
2: Yeah, because there's a few. There's, there's Audrey Hepburn, and then there's her, um, who's the only like, famous person there. But then there's her gold like, college professor who... Um,
1: he's the outlier. He's kind of the outlier. Yeah. But like, he,
2: he sort of plays an important role in her meeting Tobias and getting like, started on her journey. Um, but there, it's a, there's like, those two are kind of more for color. Mm-hmm. And then the other people, she has like real stuff she's got to deal with with them.
1: So I met your parents.
2: Yes, they're right here. You
1: guys can meet them too. Yeah, you can. Any of you, they're right here. Right. <laughs> and I, so anyway, and another thing we share is yes. that I, we actually have very similar parents. Yes, if we do. If they were here, like, you would be noticing this right now, which I wish they were, um, because they should see you. I think that would be interesting to them. But Totally. But a thing that was really difficult for me uh, when I was starting out was because I um, an author who had a a nice childhood, you know, I really wanted to be sure that people never mistook, yes. like when I was writing like mean parents mm-hmm. um, for my parents, yes. you know, yeah, <laughs> this kind of thing. And so I do things to make sure that no one thought it was possible that it was them. So I was curious because clearly in the book, Sabrina's parents are not your parents. No. So how do we? No. So where do how do we, and, you know, how do you tackle this problem? They're absolutely not. You guys are the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think
2: that, you know, I, I think that actually coming from YA helped with that. Mm. I think in YA, because you only have, you really, like you have your best friends, but parents are so sort of like, they're so pivotal in that point in your life and they're Well, in
1: YA parents are almost always obstacles too. Yes, exactly. Which That's is what I was going to say. It, which is so simplistic because right. it's not like every parent is like no. not, you know, we wouldn't survive basically no. if, if parents behaved as they Or do in we're YA. all dead for that matter. Um, which <laughs> a know. lot of them are in YA.
2: But I think that it helped me because you you sort of you need those obstacles often in mm-hmm. YA and I had written it before. It helped me in in what I needed to do in terms of the parental relationships and dynamics in this book.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, because, like, the mother is completely offstage. Completely. And not really that relevant to the,
2: to, the, to the book at all. I mean, I think, like, she had she has, like, a fine relationship with her mom. It's really
1: about her father is one of the people at dinner. So is her mother going to be mad, like, that she wasn't invited to dinner? At the sequel, she can go. <laughs> No, I'm just get it. i be, be like you invited him right. and not me. Well, her mother's you know? alive. Right, she's alive. So she could just so go there's and no have need for her. her. Right. Right. Mm. So another guest at the dinner is Jessica, the best friend. Yes. Um so I thought that was a really interesting thing throughout the book, this sort of note of how female friendship changes from when we're in our late teens to in our yeah. 20s and 30s.
2: Yeah. I think for me the relationship between Sabrina and Jessica is, like, the most important in the book, Mm. even more than her relationship with Tobias, which is the majority of the narrative we follow. And I think that, you know, we talked a little bit about YA. One of the things I really, really wanted to discuss and one of the reasons I really wanted to write an adult book is I wanted to talk about the way that female friendships and best friendships change, like, from the time that you're in your early 20s You're sort of all doing the same things. Like you're you're kind of in the same life path. You're going to high school. Maybe you're going to college. You're date. Like it's all sort of similar. And when you get to your late 20s, early 30s, people's paths begin to diverge. Mm. And I think that can be really painful and hard because you're just you have a different set of responsibilities and you have a different set of priorities. And nobody really. Did anything wrong? Well, but you're not like. I feel like Jessica did do something wrong. Yeah, I mean, Sabrina hasn't been the best friend. uh, Both of them. However,
1: she says this thing at one point, which I think um, a lot of people do think. She says this thing to Sabrina that is effectually that she hasn't lived a real life yet. Yeah. Because she hasn't like gotten married, hasn't had had babies, right? But there are lives that don't include either of those things, and they are they are real lives. Yes, absolutely. I think that we, when we say that, and this is dangerously close to feminism. Yes, also I'm but noticing it's that. It's your book, you <laughs> know. know. I'm sorry you
2: wrote it. What I can didn't I do? think it was going to come up so much. <laughs> when, um, when I, but I think like when she says that, not to like, not to let her off the hook, but I think. I think we all feel like the real life is the life we're living. Mm-hmm. And so the life that she's living is the one that has a husband and a child. It's it's not so much that she necessarily thinks that those choices are better or more important. It's that like they're the ones she's made and she needs to
1: validate them. Right. I mean, to me, I feel like um, Jessica in that moment is really not feminist, yes. Because in a way, she's telling this other woman that you are living your life wrong, and in a way that's not and a less life, valid. It's not a life, yes. You know, at all, right? So, do you want to talk about? I know you have a lot of female friendships, yes. Um, and which is so cool. Yeah, um, I do. I'm very so lucky. so. Tell some me about some of them. Um,
2: tell you about some of them. Um, well. I think, like, it's it's interesting because I think, like, I was talking about this yesterday. I did, like, a podcast interview, and they were asking if the characters in my books are based on real people or not. And I said, I don't think – I'm curious what you think about this because I was like, I don't think that they're based on real people, but I think the relationships are based on real relationships. I've had, yeah. if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? It
1: does. It makes yeah. perfect sense to me. Yeah. Basically um, – you know, I think that there's some core thing that happens that you apply on to these other people that you are writing. exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So
2: I think that that's how I, I think that there are some female friendships with my life I do feel that way about. I'm very lucky in the friends, the friends that I have, like we have endeavored and made a really significant effort to stay in each other's lives despite the fact that our paths have diverged and to like honor each other's choices. Um, And I feel really lucky that I have friends who do that for me.
1: So do you think that Jessica and Sabrina's relationship is healed?
2: No, I don't. But I, but I do. I think that. I think that possibly, I like. There's, there's a moment. Um, I think towards the end, but whatever. Where. Um, S- where Je- where Sabrina says to Jessica like what if we just keep drifting further and further apart and we like and we never find each other again and then Jessica says but like what if we do can't we believe in that for a change right and i think that that's sort of where they are like they don't they don't really know which way it's going to go but they're both still alive which <laughs> A lot of these people are not at dinner in this book, um, and so they have time. They have time to, to to figure it out. Right. I don't think that they're healed at the end of the dinner, but I think that I think that they have a better understanding of where each other stands.
1: So, do you want to talk briefly about Tobias? As long now, we're just going through the dinner. Sure. Guest. Yes. You know, I thought what was really cool about the book was the way it depicted. Um, Sort of a relationship that can have so much love in it, but it's not effectual. Like, it doesn't yes, work in it any way. Work. You know? Right.
2: I think that that's... I mean, I think it's a relationship that... So where did he
1: come from? Yeah.
2: I think it's a relationship that I was familiar with m- in my 20s and <laughs> that I saw a lot of people have in, in your 20s, this relationship where you're sort of... You're, like, obsessed with each other. There's so much love. There's so much love, but for whatever reason, you just... You cannot exist in the real world together. There's nothing... It's like you're in a bubble... And their relationship is very insular like they can't even really take it outside like there's mm-hmm. no it doesn't it doesn't exist with other friends like it just it can't really be in the world um, and I think as you get older, being with somebody where you can exist in the world becomes really important right because you know this is life
1: so I think I was the person that said to you too many flowers not enough gardeners
2: you're really blowing my mind because you're right i I swear to god
1: there's this there's this uh, so I'll tell you, yeah. Okay. So anyway, we're talking about why relationships don't work, and uh, anyway, there's this quote that Mike Nichols said about uh, Carrie Fisher and Paul Simon when they divorced. And basically, this is wild. I genuinely, until this moment, did not know where that came from. Which is that there are too many flowers and not enough, not enough gardeners. Which gets a kind of a treatment in this book. Big time. It gets yeah. a good treatment. Yeah. Um, but I did like the part that I had nothing to do with, where. Um, you know,
2: so you think, but yeah, that's the
1: observation that Jessica makes that she that basically being with Tobias turns Sabrina into a gardener. Yes. Do you think that happens? Yes, I yeah. do. Like I think like lady happen. flowers turn into gardeners. Yes. Here we are again. It's right <laughs> on the edge. Um, yes. Yes. I do I'm i sorry.
2: It it's in this book. I know. It's right. No, it's good. It's right. Good. Right. We're getting through it. Um, I yeah, I do think it can happen. I do think it can happen. I think it's unfortunate when it does. But less in the reverse for the most part. Less in the reverse. You yeah, know, unfortunately. I don't know
1: like that many men that allowed themselves to be turned to, into gardeners. Yes, to like dim if their light weren't to flowers. Yeah, I, I don't either. They know. start out gardening, mm-hmm. you know,
2: and that's fine. And that's fine, right? <laughs> right. But like, if they're blooming, they're genuinely going, generally going to keep blooming.
1: So you touched upon this like earlier, so we might as well just ask this question in a sure. point blank way you know so what really would you say you found to be the difference between writing for young adults and now writing for adults, adults. adult novels yes. not dirty porn novels mm-hmm. um, I think
2: that it's interesting because I'm always sort of surprised not always but I am occasionally surprised at what books get get determined to be YA like what books get categorized as YA is right. really interesting to me
1: um right there's tons of and things that are YA because the category opened up people needed to sell things into yeah, YA. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Or or books that are adult because but have like a teen protagonist. I don't know, it's it's sort of interesting. I think less than than YA being defined as as like a certain age demographic, I see it more as stories that like bend towards the light, like they YA has to be redemptive hmm. in some capacity. And
1: Although, <laughs> I've heard people say that before, and what I often think is adults rather like ad- redemption as well. Absolutely. You know? But I
2: was saying, like, I think that that is something that I brought into, like, I hope to continue. It, I think that, like, you have more opportunity for, um, I don't know, now I'm blanking on the word, like, open-endedness or whatever. Mm, ambiguity. Ambiguity, yeah. yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> So glad you're here. Yep. <laughs>
1: um,
2: in in adult, we should be on like a game show. Uh, we right? could be like, like just passport. like little paddle. Yeah. Right. Um, then you do in YA. Um, but I like I hope that my stories continue to do that because I think that's also sort of how I see the world. But I think that I think that yes, you can you you can get into areas that you don't have to tie up in the same way. And I liked that. Like, I like that I can say to you, no, I don't think Jessica and Sabrina's relationship is healed at the end of this book. And it doesn't have right, to be like right, a point right. of contention. It can just
1: be like, that's what it is. That's what life is. Right. Things don't have to resolve yes. as much. Yes, like YA craves endings. Yes, YA does crave endings. You know, for sure. that you can't have anything. Yeah, you just, can't have anything. Sort just of. be open. Yeah. Um. So I had another question sort of on that same thought, which is, so often, I think, when you're reading a review of a book, and this is true for my books as well, people associate things that are dark with being somehow good and literary, yes. and things that are light um, or s- even hopeful as being, you know, non-intellectual. That's why I like so
2: few comedies get nominated for Oscars too, right? This yeah, kind of thing, the same you know? thing, yeah.
1: So, so what do you think about think that situation? Yes. <laughs> well, I think that. I mean, oh, I read this thing with you. I'm like cutting you off. Yes, tell me. It was like on Bustle where you talked about guilty pleasure. It's kind of oh, on, I hate on, that term on the same yes. thing. Now, tell people about it, Rebecca. Okay, tell them I really how you hate the guilty term pleasure.
2: guilty pleasure. Like I think it should just be a pleasure. People that was in reference to Famous in Love, mm-hmm. and people love to call it a guilty pleasure, like the books and the show. And I like kind of resent that because I don't know why you should feel guilty about something that's pleasurable. I also will say Ali Carter, who writes. She's a YA novelist, and she writes. Many series, one of them is called Gallagher Girls and, um, and Heist Society, which I like a lot. But she, I once saw her uh, give a talk and she said, people think my books are fluff. And she said, it, they don't understand how much work it takes to hide the strings, which mm. is a little bit what we were talking about before. And I think like, if, some, if you can read something as fluff... That means it's easy to read, and something that's easy to read is a lot of work to write.
1: Well, I mean, there are so many terms like guilty pleasure yes. that are um, sexist, super. You know? So there are quite. a Nobody few. Nobody says that. that about you know, right? Yeah, men don't get called books guilty or, pleasure no. in the same way. Though it certainly you know could be one. So it's not just guilty pleasure though. It's uh, women's fiction that category. Yes, you know? that category. Men just get to write fiction. You know.
2: Yes, it's true.
1: Um, chicklet obviously, chicklet at least. Feel like you hear that less
2: and less now.
1: I don't know. Like it's amazing how often, but it still always just means written by a woman or having woman characters. Absolutely, you know, it never means the other thing. Yeah, and so I think that's it's a frustrating thing, Mm -hmm. and this again is definitely feminism.
2: Yeah, it it is. But I do, I also, but I think that there's something particular happening right now where the news is so dark mm-hmm. and things are so hard out there in the world that people want stories that are nice to read and that feel good to read and that feel good, like, inside. And so I feel like, I feel like that's having a comeback, like, across the board. Like, well, I mean, like romantic comedies are back, apparently.
1: There's some theory of art that says that it is to reveal yes. the best of humanity to ourselves you know the possibilities for it that art is not necessarily just the purpose of it isn't just to be truthful or even to just depict darkness but possibility yeah. also yes. I'm not saying I believe that or right. or even subscribe to it yeah. however you know it is a theory and I think we've kind of had the switch where we see everything that is you know, negative in mm-hmm. fiction as being good, yeah. And sometimes it's just negative. Sometimes by the way. it's just negative, and you know? it's not enjoyable to read.
2: I like I li- like I like entertainment that's enjoyable. <laughs> Most people do. You not, know? I don't know though. Like like with the stuff that people watch on TV, like Handmaid's Tale and Sharp Objects, like people are enjoying that.
1: Right. It's so painful. Um. So, do you want to talk about? Well. I want to talk about television as long as, as long as we're here. Okay. Do you want to talk about Famous and Love? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. You start. <laughs> ask me something. Okay, well. It could
2: go really wrong really fast if okay, you don't. so
1: I'll ask you how writing for television, if at all, informed writing your book, okay. the book you wrote after, yes. like, which I think is only this one, The Dinner List. Yeah, well, you know. I what? have theories about it.
2: I will say, I, I've never thought about it before, but I, I think I probably got stronger at dialogue. And I, this book is like...
1: It does, yeah, yes. I agree that you is, have. Th- yeah, this this book is, is definitely is. the poppiest and the sharpest. And it is, this book is, I don't know what the, the percentage is. people sound different. Yeah, They aren't just you, like, yes. you know.
2: And that would have been, I think that would have been challenging for me to write five years ago at the time i started it because i don't think i knew i mean you're talking about a dinner table that has six people seated around it and you have to be you have to be really clear about who's speaking and what's going on and there are different side conversations happening and it, like that table is a lot to manage and i'm not i i've actually never thought about this before but i'm not sure i would have been able to done it Without re- right. without and, those years of television, writing. and that's
1: why it's not your debut. That's you know that is why it is not right <laughs> <Yes>. exactly <laughs> because like exactly. this is one that required yes. you to have done this a couple of times. Absolutely, it's, a, it's an ambitious thing. Anything that kind of everyone knows that when you write something that takes place in one location like that, the yeah. the sort of beats you have to do are much more yes. subtle and much more complicated. Yes. You know for sure. And I would say that, and we talked about it briefly before. It's structured. Um, much more rigorously than any of your prior books, so I don't know yeah. if that's lightly TV's influence. Although it doesn't have TV structure in any way. No, but
2: but but yes. Like I think that that this ambitious beating. Yes, this ambitious we'll beating, beating, keeping beating. to like yeah. keeping to a certain time frame. All of that. Yeah, I've never yeah. actually really thought about that, but it's all absolutely true. Now I'm that i making you think about Now it. that we're discussing yeah. <laughs> it, yes, it is.
1: Um, let's see. What time is it? I don't know. What I was supposed to be the, like the timekeeper. No, I'm fine. Okay. I just was we're supposed good. To be the t- I remembered that I was supposed to be the timekeeper. Oh, Oh, we have a
2: timekeeper. Are we good? Yeah, we're
1: good. open up Okay. Oh, oh, okay. 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 So should we Should we open it up to the audience? Should we? Do you guys want to want to talk to us? To her? Anyone have any questions? Hmm? You made the comment that Y always has to have resolution. I said it often does. Oh. Well, I have not written a YA novel for six years. So yeah, I'm not, same. I mainly, mainly I work in adult and always have. But, so I don't know if I can speak for what all, you know, people think about the subject. But what I can say is that I think that the people that purchase uh, novels for young readers perhaps crave that resolution yeah. for them. They crave stories, a resolution actually is sort of synonymous with a moral in some way, you know, and so I think we still look for that in our books for young readers. I'm not saying this is something I have ever tried to do or want to do, but I think on some level that the the fact of the moral, the idea of the moral, is what drives it to resolution. Right. But the people who are writing them and publishing exactly. Yeah. So I mean, this yes. is always the thing, you know. I don't think they care. They like series as much as as all of us. You know, I'm saying, I don't think they know what they want, but but yes, there are many adults between um, any given book and a child reader, you know? And those people, I think, have things that they want. It's something we talk about, the sort of uh, way in which, like, you know, first of all, when the YA, like, boom exploded, you uh, had so many readers that were adults that craved YA and so there was this sort of hypocrisy that most YA writers had to deal with of like what audience am I writing for am I writing for the uh, actual young person or am I writing for the adult who craves the experience of a young adult novel you know so I think it's kind of they're all related issues
2: yeah I would agree anyone else yes lady Thanks, Morgan. Do you think you would ever pick up Supreme Story like in five or ten years or do you think it's done? I think it's done. <laughs> I like the way you think. Um, right. No. And then there
1: could be a lunch. It could be a
2: trilogy. I know. Yeah. I know. Somebody, of my, somebody <laughs> of my publisher said that to me a few weeks ago. They were like, what's book two? Like the brunch menu? And I was like, no, probably not. Um... I don't think brunches so. Brunches are not magical. Sorry. I... No. No, they're less magical. Yeah. Um, I... No. I, like, I think I... I mean, by the way, who knows? Life is weird and long, but... I I don't I don't love the idea of sequels unless that's what you set out to do from the beginning. Like when I wrote Famous and Love I knew I knew there was gonna be multiple books and I had like a story for that. I feel like when I write one novel I feel complete at the end of it. I feel like I've left the characters where I want to leave them. Um, so I I don't think so. Anyone else? No? We did it? I think did we, we did it. it. We okay. did
1: it. Should you say you're generalist? My dinner list? I mean, I was okay. like, I'm not going to ask her her dinner list, but I'll tell but you. now we're here. But now we're here. It feels like that could be a good button on this evening, don't okay. you think? I like it. Yeah. Um, my grandfather, who this
2: book is dedicated to, and who died when I was like two years old and I never really got to know or meet, but I've always felt really connected to. Um, Nora Ephron.
1: That's a good one. Yes.
2: You know what? She would be good at dinner. She would be great at dinner. She could cook. Not that we would would make her. We'd be like, yes, but (laughs) you're coming and you're cooking. Um, I actually on this tour that I did, I I said Nora Ephron. She's been popping up on a lot of people's lists too. Uh, Like a lot of things I've seen online. I love
1: her like novel, *Heartburn*.
2: Love it, and I love her like I feel bad about my neck. Like I love, I love, Mm. just love her voice. I miss her voice. Um, But I said this, and one of the women there. At the, at the dinner was like Sleepless in Seattle was super like she thought it was like super anti-feminist and was like very against it and I was like I just like I did not see this coming like I did not think
1: that Nora Ephron was going to be controversial right
2: um, but
1: it was interesting how anyway, old was the woman no like give us a description of this woman
2: the woman was by the way she had some very interesting points and we ended up having like a really interesting conversation about like romantic comedies and Sleepless in Seattle and agency
1: all but of it's that it's so funny that's still just one movie in a body of work absolutely do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can pick up anything. And we talk about this sometimes, how yes. people get the idea that if you write one character who says one thing, they s- sometimes think that that reflects you. Yes. But it's a character. It's a character. You know? Absolutely. And I have some characters that do not have evolved beliefs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Totally. And we should be okay to write we those. We should be okay to write those. I agree. Um, but yes. But Sleepless in Seattle is just one movie. Just one movie. Right. You know?
2: Um, Now that I'm thinking about it, I actually think it was you Got Mail. But anyway, um, uh, Joan Didion. Although, like, I don't know, should you really, like, meet your heroes? I'm not entirely sure, but I do really love her. And um, uh, what is that for? And it seems
1: like she's, like... She might be tough at
2: dinner. She might be tough at dinner, but, like, wouldn't that be sort of interesting if you are could, we like, gonna, crack her you, after three hours? I
1: mean, I could say something so dark right now, but I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. I'm But know it, it, might be, it might be good. Yes. Like, Nora Ephron has passed. Yeah, And that might be a preferable state to have somebody in yes. for your dinner. Yes. You know? Perhaps. Yeah.
2: So. <laughs> so we. So. <laughs> so light reference, too. Light reference. Yeah. Yes. So that was three. That was four. Wait. So Grandfather, Nora Ephron, Joan Didion... Oh, you're right. Oh, John Lovett of Pod Save America, who I love. This book is actually like the whole thing is just like a ploy to get him to, to meet me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like <laughs> if I talk about it in enough interviews. It'll just
1: happen. It'll just happen.
2: Manifest him. Um, yes, I feel good about that. And um, actually, and, and then the last person is an old college professor of mine who um, is very difficult to get in touch with. And I would really love to See again and to share a meal with.
1: Sabrina says she loves Professor Conrad. Like, yes. do you think she does? She mean romantically? No. Like, did she have a crush? No. I no. I don't think it was ever romantic. Like, she says, "I love." I love because it was just, I loved you. I, I mean,
2: listen, this is this is a woman who's like, you know, father was an alcoholic and left them when she was like five. So you
1: think it's just we're gonna call it daddy issues? Uh, we're gonna call it daddy issues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> On that
2: note. On that note. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys so much for coming. <laughs> Thank you, Gabrielle. You're the best. I love you. <laughs>